0: Visit AscentEquityGroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T EquityGroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only.
1: Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action For more information, go to bestevershow.com.
2: Mixed use is the perfect segue for residential investors to get exposure to commercial properties while having a bit of a safety net. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel, and this is Beyond Multifamily, where we explore topics besides multifamily investments. Today I'm going to share with you my story of how I got started in real estate and we're going to talk about mixed use buildings. This is really a story of dumb luck that changed the trajectory of my life. About 10 years ago, I remember my wife and I, we were both W2 earners. We would meet with our CPA every April and we would ask what we can do to reduce our taxable income and we never got a good answer. Finally, one year, I probed a little bit and I'm like, hey, really, what can we do to reduce our taxes? And I remember, I'll never forget this, my accountant was looking down, didn't even look up at us and was shuffling through some papers and just mumbled, "Ah, if you make it, you got to pay it. Well, that wasn't a good answer and I also didn't buy that that was the only answer. So I went out to try to figure out what we can do to reduce our taxable liability We looked at some exotic things like captive insurance and offshore trusts. But in the back of my mind, I always remember hearing real estate is a great way to offset taxes. I didn't know exactly how that worked. I didn't know how depreciation was calculated, but I figured I had no other options. And if everyone says real estate's a way to offset taxes, let's buy some real estate. I went to one of my local realty websites and started searching for properties. I remember it asked me if I wanted to search for commercial properties or residential properties, and I often don't do things like everyone else. A good example of that is a few years earlier, we bought a church that we converted into a house, and that's been our primary residence for over 15 years. Nonetheless, obviously, I chose commercial properties, and I started looking at commercial properties. My budget was just about $250,000 or so at the time. So I kept looking and I found a property that stuck out to me. It was a mixed use building in a college town. Now mixed use typically refers to some type of retail or commercial on the first floor and apartments above it. The kicker here is this building stood out to me for all the wrong reasons. I saw that on the first floor, there was a grocery store in a college town so essentially they served a lot of beer to college kids. And my mentality, my mindset at the time was, wow. So when the store owners leases up, I can go in there and run the store or manage the store, put somebody in there. And now I have multiple streams of income. I have apartments above and I have a business that's running on the first floor. So that was my mentality back then. I put an offer on this property and I thought I knew what I was doing. I used the listing realtor as my own realtor. And she disclosed to me that she's personal friends with the sellers. And in hindsight, that should have been a red flag. So nonetheless, I ended up getting the building for $230,000. The mistake that I made in using the listing realtor who was personal friends with the seller, just before the closing, I said, hey, Was there any deposits from the apartments or the store? And this lady almost jumped up and down in joy as if she had won. And she rubbed it in that I never asked her about that before. And it was never in the contract. So it's my loss. Come to find out later, state law would beg to differ with her. Nonetheless, just a side lesson that I learned. If the listing realtor is personal friends with the seller, you may want to get a second set of eyes on your contract, your paperwork. So here I am. I now own a mixed-use building in a college town, and now i got to figure out what to do with this. It turns out that the roof is leaking. All of the gas lines inside this building have been red-tagged. There's four-story chimneys where any time the wind blows, bricks are falling off the chimneys onto the sidewalks where college kids are walking. I spent the next several months rehabbing this property and I was able to finally get it fully rented. But another hard lesson that I learned is I knew college starts in August. So I had these apartments ready in July, ready for college kids to come in right when the semester starts and nothing, just crickets. I realized that college students will sign their leases a semester ahead of time. So by the end of the school year, they already know where they're going to live for the next year. So the apartments were vacant for the first semester. I was able to lease them out halfway through the year, and now I'm a landlord. I remember one particular call, and this is what changed the trajectory of my life. It was a Saturday afternoon, and a tenant called me and said that her toilet was clogged. Of course, being that new landlord, I tell my wife, I've got a situation that I've got to handle. I grab my tools. I load up my car and I make the 30 minute drive to downtown Cincinnati to this building. I bring my tools up to the third story and I'm unclogging this toilet. I look out the window because I keep seeing shadows go by. Finally, I look out and I see a number of people from an HVAC company on the roof of the store and I don't have any idea of what's going on. So I go downstairs to the store owner and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? I see the HVAC guys up there. They tell me that their AC went out. So they're going to replace the entire system, all the rooftop units, the inside furnaces, and they're doing it on their dime. I'm blown away. So I tell them if they need anything, let me know. As I'm walking out, they stop me and they say, Hey, do you mind if we remodel the bathroom down here? And of course I'm like, no, have at it. And that was the moment I realized that residential tenants will destroy or put wear and tear on your property. Commercial tenants will improve it on their dime. That was the pivotal moment where shortly after I became a full-time commercial real estate investor. The reason that I share this story is I want to encourage all of you to to look into different asset classes. My opinion is that mixed use is the perfect segue for residential investors to get exposure to commercial properties while having a bit of a
1: safety net. We'll get back to the show. with first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge. But Investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self storage investing. Visit passiveinvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's passiveinvesting.com forward slash red flags.
2: I want to share with you another story about a mixed use building. In addition to being a full time commercial real estate investor, I also own and operate a couple of restaurants, one of which is in a building that we purchased a few years ago. It's a mixed use building. Roughly three, four thousand square foot restaurant on the first floor and four apartments on two stories above it. After about a six month renovation, we were able to get our restaurant open. My business partner in the restaurant told me that the building next door, a very similar footprint building, was for sale. And he thought it'd be a great idea to cut a hole in the wall. The two buildings are attached and make that into an event center and or overflow dining, so I wasn't keen on the idea. I, I'm not a big fan of getting into the restaurant business. Nonetheless, I thought if we can get a deal on it, we'll explore it. The building had been for sale for a number of years. Listing price was, I believe, one hundred ninety thousand dollars. We offered one fifty. They came back at one sixty five. I really wasn't that interested in taking down another massive renovation or getting deeper into the restaurant business. So I passed on it. A few months later, I get a call from a good friend of mine who is a residential investor, a multifamily investor. And he says, "Osh, will you help me underwrite a commercial building? Sure. He gives me the address. I said, okay, listen, I know this building very well. I own the building next door to it. What can I tell you? He's like, well, the condition of the apartments, it's all pretty rough, but A little lipstick could get the apartments ready. The commercial space probably needs to be gutted, but you've got 3000 or so square foot of just wide open commercial space. I also shared with him that we offered 150 on the property. They wanted 165 and we were not interested in countering. My friend proceeds to tell me that he wants the apartments. He doesn't want the commercial space. And I thought, perfect, I want the commercial space, but I don't want to deal with the apartments. I asked him if he wanted to buy it, we'll partner up on it, we'll go in halves or whatever works. And after giving it some thought, he walked away. He was not at all interested in this building. I paused for a second and I asked him, I said, hey, if this was just four apartments in this location, in this building, pretend the commercial space wasn't there, what would you value this building at? Because I should know this, but I don't really keep up on the residential market. I'm again, full-time commercial. He comes back and tells me the ARV on four apartments in this location would be $280,000. And I asked him again, do you want to partner on this? Do you want to take it down yourself? No, I want nothing to do with this. Awesome. I told him I'll make a run at it, see what we can do. In my mind, I'm thinking... If this was four apartments, that's worth two eighty ARV. Why not just board up the commercial space and not even deal with it, versus walking away from this deal? I ended up going back to my one hundred fifty thousand dollar offer, and surprisingly, they took it this time. I now owned a building that just four apartments would be valued at two hundred eighty thousand dollars ARV, and I got a free commercial spot out of it. I go to get a loan on this building and the appraisal came back at $510,000 ARV for the entire building. The point of this story is that these mixed-use buildings fall under the cracks. The commercial guys don't want them, the residential guys don't want them, and lenders really don't like them. Back to my original mixed-use building, when I wanted to get a loan on this property, I found three local lenders and a big bank the big bank i had been banking with for 20 years since i was a kid and i went to all of them and said here's a contract here's the building that i'm buying and at the time we had enough money in the bank to pay cash for the property but i wanted to leverage that so as the next week or so goes on none of the lenders reach back out to me so i follow up with all of them the three local lenders One of them just refused to talk to me about this property. Another one told me that the bank president drove by there and wanted nothing to do with this. And the third small lender said the same thing, they are not interested in financing this property. My big bank at the time was like, sure, let's do it. No problem. As it turns out, they were not interested in financing the property either because I'd been a long-term customer of theirs. They ended up doing a last minute favor, got the building financed, but I had to put down way more money than what I originally thought. The lesson here is most lenders do not like older mixed use buildings, which again keeps the competition low. We now have commercial guys and residential guys and girls that don't want a mixed use building, lenders that don't want the mixed use building. And that creates the perfect scenario for super high returns. Speaking of high returns, I did another beyond multifamily podcast where I talked about all the benefits of commercial real estate. There are so many great multifamily operators out there. If they open their horizons to mixed use buildings, they have great systems in place. They've got great maintenance people, great leasing people. They would absolutely crush it if they open their horizons to mixed use buildings in terms of underwriting often with these mixed use buildings, the apartments should pay for most of your holding costs, including debt service. So taxes, insurance, maintenance, bank note, all of that should be paid for by the apartments. And the commercial spot is typically what your profit is. From my experience, I usually see these marketed where the commercial spot is vacant and the apartments are occupied or vice versa, where the apartments are vacant and the commercial space is occupied, and often the other needing renovations, meaning the non-occupied side needs renovations. Another reason there's less competition, in my opinion, is there's no easy way to search for mixed-use buildings. There's no MLS that I've ever seen where you can specifically search for mixed-use. It's either you search for condos, single-family, multi-family, land, or commercial, never mixed use. So you often have to search in the commercial category and the multi-family category to find these properties. One more tip on underwriting these properties. When you look at the surrounding area, if the apartments are vacant, look at the surrounding areas and see if that's the norm in the area. And likewise, if the commercial spot is vacant, Look around the area and see if there's a lot of boarded up storefronts, a lot of release signs. If that's the case, it may be a bit difficult to get the commercial spot rented out. A great tactic that I've used a lot is if you get the property under contract during due diligence, take out ads on Craigslist, Facebook, Craigslist, and advertise that commercial space. See what kind of response you get for that. Talk to some commercial tenants in the area and find out what they're paying. Find out if they're interested in the space. Find out if they know anyone interested in renting additional storefront space. So to recap this, I am a huge proponent of people exploring additional asset classes, specifically different types of commercial properties. A lot of you multifamily guys are so well suited to transition into commercial real estate by using and adapting all of the systems that you have in place. At the end of the day, I hope this was an inspiration to a lot of you investors out there to look at mixed use buildings. I see so much competition for multifamily, hard earnest money on day one, multiple offers. Meanwhile, a block away could be a mixed use building sitting there with no competition, no offers. Best ever listeners, thank you so much for joining us. My goal is to continue to do these Beyond Multifamily episodes and try to inspire and educate all of you into looking at other asset classes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share the podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.